Good evening. Merry Christmas. I want to welcome you here, especially if you are new to Evergreen, whether you're here with family or um, at the invitation of a friend, I'm glad that you have decided to spend a part of your Christmas with us. We have this uh, service this evening, we'll have another worship time at, at 10 o'clock tomorrow morning. You can come back and there'll be a whole different crowd. So we'd be glad to have you. If you came, if this is your worship for the week and you're prepared to give, there are plates here that you can just uh, place an offering in uh, on your way out this evening. And so I wanted you to, to be aware of that. I'm glad that you're here. If you are sitting with children, let me just put your mind at ease. All right? The soundtrack of Christmas, as beautiful as these carols are that we've been singing and, and honestly um, standing here with all of you behind me it was an awesome sound I'm so uh, I'm so excited about the way Christmas is being celebrated this evening but the soundtrack of Christmas is children and so it's the laughter of, of little ones it's the crying of babies if that's one of yours it's okay all right um, if it bothers anybody, they'll just be the Grinch and you just let it go, okay? I want to read the Christmas story from Luke chapter 2 and then I want to talk about those first eyewitnesses. Last week at Evergreen, we looked at Christmas from a distance and we saw in Isaiah chapter 9 that the prophet saw Christmas from a distance of 800 years. And now we fast forward those 800 years to find those that were up close and personal. Luke chapter 2 gives us this story. Now in those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that a census be taken of all the inhabited earth. This was the census taken while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all the people were on their way to register for the census, each to his own city. Now Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the city of Nazareth to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family of David, in order to register along with Mary, who was betrothed to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. From that set of facts, we now see the witnesses of what happened that night. What's fascinating to me always about Christmas is that Christmas has universal appeal. I've traveled many places around the world and in both Hindu and Buddhist nations alike, Christmas is a huge hit. They love Christmas in China. Christmas is popular in the Middle East. Why is that? Is it just the bright lights? Is it the music, the, the family time, the food? All of those are elements that, that make this a special time in the same way that all of the feasts of, of, of ancient Israel were special for the same reasons. They came together with family. They were there surrounded by, by food that had been prepared specially. It was an out-of-the-ordinary time of life. 
Christmas is that for us, but it's more than that. The appeal of Christmas is this idea that God became flesh. That He came not in the boldness of a king or a military conqueror. He didn't arrive full-blown on the scene. God dared to come into humanity the same way we did as a baby. Needing someone to care for us, to provide for us, to look after us. God became flesh. And because of that, Christmas amazes heaven. Look at verse 8. Luke chapter 2, it says, In the same region there were some shepherds staying out in the fields and keeping watch over their flock at night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood near them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. And so the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude of the heavenly army of angels praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among people with whom He is pleased. There is a spiritual fascination with Christmas that begins in the unseen world. The word angel is a Greek word that simply means messenger. We find angels all the way through the Bible and they're generally delivering a message to somebody from the throne of grace. There is a messenger that has been sent on this particular night to a group of shepherds to announce the coming of redemption. God becoming flesh. There was one messenger there but it was not just an angel by himself. It says that there was an angel of the Lord standing near them, but the glory of the Lord shone around them. That phrase that shows up in the Bible, the glory of the Lord, tells us that God's tangible presence was there. God was in that moment. God was in the manger. And God was in the atmosphere of the very moment. The angels were sent with a message because of the importance of the moment. Galatians, in Galatians chapter 4, Paul tells us that Christ was born in what he called the fullness of time. This night that is described in Luke chapter 2 only happened when all of human history was brought together. Every diverse thread came to a precise moment. There was a single moment in time where there was virtually a universal language, where there was a, a, a universal peace that allowed for travel and the announcement of the gospel. Everything in human history brought to a, a specific moment and in the fullness of time, at just the right moment, a baby named Jesus was born. 1 Peter chapter 1 tells us that angels have a fascination to look at such things. You see, angels are fascinated by redemption. 
They can't understand, I think, why God loves His creation called man as much as He does. But they've watched from the beginning as man committed sin in the garden and separated himself from God because of the penalty of that sin. They've watched the Old Testament unfold, God preserving a people so that in that right moment, He Himself could take on flesh and be the one who secured redemption. They stood at the balcony of heaven watching these events with a fascination at each step along the way. And now, this night, God sends a messenger, an angel of the Lord, But we find out in verse 13 and 14 that he's not there by himself. All of the angels have shown up. They haven't been assigned to the moment. They're there spontaneously, and they burst into song because they've been watching the unfolding story of redemption from the beginning of time. And they know the significance of this moment. There is a fascination that captures them And so this angel begins with a supernatural declaration. He does what typically most angels do when they make an appearance. He starts by saying, don't be afraid. That's, by the way, the standard intro for angels. And I think it's appropriate 100% of the time. Because when you see an angel up close and personal, the Bible tells us again and again that those who saw angels were tempted to fall down like dead men. They were so overwhelmed by the sight. And so angels, sort of with a shrug, start every conversation with, now don't be afraid. I've got news for you. Good news. Literally, the word means gospel. And who is it for? It's good news for all the people. There's a universality of this announcement. That was the original plan all along. Verse 11 is a summary, I think, of the entire New Testament story. Let me read it again. The angel says, For today in the city of David there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It's a promise that, that, that prophecy has been fulfilled, that the need for a Savior has finally been met, that God's initiative is unfolding. But this baby will be different from every other baby. Verse 12, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. He was different from all others from the very beginning. A manger either a stone or a wooden trough where they put hay to feed the animals. It was a feeding trough. Literally, we, we envision it in the shape of a crib, but no one would ever think of a manger as a crib until this moment when Joseph and Mary, forced by circumstances, made the best that they knew how to do with what was available. A feeding trough filled with hay, probably covered with a cloak or a blanket, and there wrapped in those tight clothes that babies so like, that make them feel so safe and secure just after they're born, you'll find this baby. And then the spontaneous celebration. 
the angels break out. One messenger, but so many myriad interested observers that they couldn't hold back their praise. The, the shepherds in the beginning, I, I think in my sanctified imagination, they only saw one angel. That was probably enough. They were startled by him. Suddenly he was there. And he said, don't be afraid. Can you imagine the response when all of the others made themselves known and began to sing? They recognized the implications of what was happening in that manger in that, in that town of Bethlehem. There was glory extended above to God by their singing, even as His glory was present in the moment. And as they were lifting glory to God, peace was finally coming to earth. They sang, just as we have sung tonight, music is intimately related to Christmas. Because it is the way that we express the deepest aches, yearnings, desires of our hearts. When you don't know how to pray, find your way to the book of Psalms. It is a book of songs, of hymns. And I have found in my lifetime that those times when I don't have the words to express how I feel, there's always a psalm that communicates what's in my heart. Christmas amazes heaven. But here's where the shepherds come in. Christmas awakens earth. Look at verse 15 and we'll see the end of this, this story. Verse 15, when the angels had departed from them into heaven, the shepherds began saying to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem then and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came in a hurry and found their way to Mary and Joseph and the baby as he lay in the manger. When they had seen him, they made known the statement which had been, which had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed about the things which were told them by the shepherds. Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart, and the shepherds went back glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. Christmas awakens earth. I love that these shepherds set an example for us in that they went and found Christmas on purpose. Shepherds were the most humble level of society. Their jobs typically were lonely because they were social outcasts. They were usually poor, regularly unclean, considered to be social pariahs. They were often dishonest by the life that had been forced upon them. They were outcasts. Why would God announce the birth of this baby to them first of all? Because from the throne of grace... He couldn't go any further than to a bunch of shepherds out in the fields with their flocks by night. He's telling us from the very beginning that there is nobody out of bounds of this message of the gospel. There is nobody out of reach. There is nobody that this message is not for. No matter what you have done, no matter who you are, no matter where you have been, no matter what your life has looked like up until now, this message of Christmas is for you. They were the first recipients of the good news. And when God announced the Messiah, He went to the very bottom of human society. 
But here's what I love about the shepherds. They received the word from God and they decided to act upon it. They looked at each other after the angels had left and they said, we've got to go find this thing. We've got to track down this baby. They were looking for Christmas. We are so surrounded in our generation by the trappings of Christmas that some of us have never found the heart of it. I hope that's why you're here tonight. A lot of things on Christmas Eve you could be doing. But this is where the heart of Christmas is to be found. But we have to find it on purpose. They focused on Jesus. The directions that were given to them were precise and exact. Go to Bethlehem. There is a baby. This is what he'll be wearing. He'll be resting in a feeding trough. Go find him. I find it fascinating that once the angels are gone, they seem to have lost interest in the angels. I mean, wouldn't you be tempted if you had had a personal announcement from an angel followed by an angelic choir? Wouldn't you be tempted to just stay right there and just mull over that experience? And yet, once the angels had delivered the message, they were completely zeroed in on Jesus. Angels are wonderful helpers. They're great messengers. They're bearers of good news. But they are not the focus of this moment. These shepherds were now completely captivated by this special baby. Even when they retold the story of what had happened, they included the angels, but the emphasis was always on the baby. Where has your attention been this Christmas season? Has it been on the baby in the manger? It's interesting. They told everyone they saw what they now knew because this news was too good to hide. Even something in our culture as countercultural as saying, Merry Christmas is a way for us to draw attention to the baby in the manger. But here's the best part. It said that they were filled with worship. Look at the last verse, verse 20. And the shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen, just as had been told them. What the angels had done in verses 13 and 14, the shepherds now carry on. We are the inheritors of that. Christmas has been gifted to us, and we are the ones now filled with worship, praising God and lifting glory to His name. You see, when your personal experience matches divine revelation, you can have confidence that you have discovered the truth. Nobody paid attention to shepherds. They were nobodies in their day. And yet, they knew from that moment on that God was aware of them. He had announced good news to them personally. And their lives were forever changed as they became men of worship and not just men who worked. We sing songs, but one comes to mind. 
He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and the wonders of His love. And I love that song especially because it says at Christmas time, let heaven and nature sing.